Welcome to the Fighting for Joy podcast. I'm your host, Jody Blick. Well, today is a unique episode. I almost consider it a standalone episode, something that I wanted to provide in response to the many questions that we get about helping others who are grieving. Now, for those of you who are new to the podcast, in 2013, our 16-year-old son Jackson and two of his friends tragically died in a car accident, and we share more about that on our first podcast episode. That's episode number one, and it is called Our Story. But walking through grief these last number of years, it doesn't make us experts in grief. It's been a messy, hard eight years, for sure. (laughs) But it does give us unique perspective, and we have become, as hard as it is, the people that others now come to for advice and guidance when they hear about another tragedy or loss. People want to know what to do or not do, what to say or not say. I'm sure if you ask 10 different people about their experience with what helped or didn't help during the darker days of grief, you would get a variety of answers. So some of the things we share today, although they definitely helped us, may not be universally helpful. I don't know. But that being said, because of our loss, I mean, we have gotten connected to literally hundreds of others who are walking through grief. So talking to many of them, sharing our experiences with each other, as well as reading and listening to just a ton of resources on grief. It's really helped us to formulate some thoughts to share here on this episode in hopes of helping those of you who want to come alongside of someone in their hurt. I do want to keep this on the shorter end just so that it is more, you know, quickly accessible. Um, I don't want somebody to think they have to listen to an hour-long podcast to know how to help their friends. So we're not going to elaborate on why these things are generally helpful. Other people have done that and done that really well. Um, They've shared the why and the how. I'm thinking specifically of Nancy Guthrie's book, What Grieving People Wish You Knew About What Really Helps and What Really Hurts. Um, we were actually privileged to contribute to that book and it's a really specific guide. So if you do have more time and you want to learn more, that is my top resource in regards to coming alongside and helping somebody in grief. But today we are just going to rattle off ideas and practical things that you can do when you hear about somebody losing a loved one and you want to help. So Eric, okay, typically what will happen is that I will get a text or a message on Facebook saying something, you know, along the lines of my coworker just lost her husband. What should I say? Or our dear friends just lost their daughter in a car accident. What should I do? What would be the first thing that you would tell them? Oh yeah. Lots on the list here. I think just to keep it quick and practical, I would start with just have the courage to say something. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it does take a lot just to show up at the house, just to be there. Um, Don't look for the magic word to say. Um, It's unbelievable the amount of uh, value that just your presence spells and says when you uh, show up. So I agree. I and you don't even don't have to stay it. long. I mean, no. just just walking next door, hugging them, um, acknowledging their loss, um, not assuming that other people will be loving on them. I mean, not all friends and family are going to enter in. Um, grief brings just a weird opportunity for new friendships to develop. So yeah, I agree. I think the first thing is just show up, say something, acknowledge the loss. Yeah, no, I think that's good. I think that it isn't just about showing up one time and having something really good to say. I think, you know, for me, it's 
it's helped me think, you know, we're going to be on this journey with this person for a long time. So I don't have to really say much today. I can just be there, uh, say something helpful, um, but don't have to fix something with one magic word phrase and then they're going to be better. And, yeah. and I mean, no one talks like that, but that's, that's I think, been the uh, temptation for me is that you got to think of something great to say that's going to really help them. And that's that's just not that's just uh, not what you're looking for in those first 48 hours. Right. I mean, we've shared this quote before, but that um, the man Nicholas Walsterstoff, is that how you say it? He wrote sure. Lament for a Son. Um, his quote was, you know, to comfort me, you have to come close and sit beside me on my morning bench. So you're right. You don't have to stress about the right thing to say. There is no perfect words that's going to fix it. Um, but but your presence will bring great comfort. Yeah, I think that's great. I I think I would um, also in, uh, encourage people to just not skip over the bigness of the loss, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, just to uh, recognize the depth of this loss. Um, don't just focus on they're in a better place. Um, you're not trying to really cheer them up, <laughs> right, 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 as this happens. Um, and I, it was so comforting to those people that just came to us right away and just said, this is broken. Mm-hmm. Like, this is ugly. This is no good. This isn't the way it's supposed to be. This isn't This isn't how the world was built. Um, Sin made it go wrong. So um, yeah, yeah. I think just sit in the depth of that and not try to just quick rush to, oh, this person's in a better place, um, which if they know God through Christ is true. Um, but when you when you skip to that quickly, yeah, it does seem to you know lessen the weight of just how broken it is of what just happened, mm-hmm. and that that's why you feel the depth of this pain and loss. Yeah, and that goes more hand in hand. I agree. Yeah, and if it's somebody that you don't know really well, um, it's not somebody that you feel comfortable showing up to their home. Um, I think you can show up through a text or through a phone call or by sending a card. Um, those are great ways to reach out um, when in the initial you know days and weeks. And then I also love when you give, I think you should give them an out for returning texts or phone calls. Um, yeah, that's it's good. That's really on my list great too. to hear from somebody and then have them say, don't feel like you have to respond or, um, you know, don't call me back. I just wanted to let you know that I'm thinking about you or hurting for you or praying for you. Yeah. Make that more of a, a statement. Um, just wanted you to know I'm thinking about you today. Just know that it's tough. Um, and you're not asking for them for a reply text back or a reply, you know, uh, sentence back. Yeah. I think too, if you don't have that kind of, you know, relationship even to text or, you know, so you don't feel comfortable stopping over, you don't really have their contact information to text them. Um, we were also really touched by um, letters, um, you know, Jackson's teacher or his baseball coach, um, just people that knew him, that had stories, that um, reached out to us and showed up um, through through a letter. Um, those were really, really meaningful. Yeah, I, I think that's good. I, I, I would also add in to um, stop saying... How are you doing? That's that's a typical phrase that we use for everybody, mm-hmm. um, and really change it to more uh, something simple and open ended, like "Tell me how your week's been." Mm-hmm. Um, 
you could say it this way. It'd be very clear, but probably awkward. Um, you know, where are you at this week in your grief? Yeah. Um, we've talked about my former boss at the bank had a very special relationship with me and, you know, mentored me a ton. And, you know, when Jackson died, he was on duty. I was, you know, while, you know, working for him. And my favorite question he would ask me when he'd take me to coffee and just check in with me was not, how are you doing? Cause how do you think I'm doing? Mm-hmm. You just, this, I'm, I'm doing terrible. This is awful. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would, he would specifically just change it to tell me what the week looks like. Tell me how you're at. What does grief look like now? Um, mm-hmm. and just sit and listen. I, I mean, not everybody gets a boss like that, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that from a friend was mm-hmm. extremely powerful and helpful. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think even asking, how can I pray for you this week or what's been heavier yeah, this like week? That. Um, but yeah, it's, it just puts a lot of pressure, um, on the person grieving to try to figure out how to answer the question, how are you? Now, that being said, I have, even since Jackson has died, I've run into people and the first thing that came out of my mouth was, how are you? And yeah, it's I know, just me too. so it's, it's a very natural thing to say. So don't feel badly if you do that. Um, but follow it up with just, oh, wait, you don't have to answer that. I yeah. just, it's good to see you. I'm really glad to see you today. You know, something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, well said. um, the other thing is when you do show up, um, don't be embarrassed if you cry. It's actually super helpful when, yeah. um, when you see other people, sharing in your pain and crying. And that is a way um, to say something without saying something as well. I mean, your tears will communicate a lot more than any sort of thing you can think of to say. Yeah, I think I think that's a great one. And that's how we've talked in the past too about just carrying away buckets of tears. And mm-hmm. oftentimes that happens because you're also crying. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. that's just that's a huge way to just not be as concerned about words or looking for some magic thing to say. Yeah. Um, just just go uh, cry and it does uh, take away buckets of tears. Yeah. I think two more kind of don'ts that I thought of is um, don't overanalyze what they say. Just extend a lot of grace. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> if they're good. not getting their theology exactly right or they're saying something that doesn't seem typical of who you know them to be, um, they're just really raw days of processing. And so if they if they are vulnerable enough to share with you, just listen and love and um, extend tons of grace. Um, I think the other thing is avoid saying that you understand or you know exactly how they feel because I know you and I, Eric, I mean, we don't even say that to people when we hear that they have lost someone because every single situation is different and, um, you know, hurting people, I mean, they do long for other people to hurt, you know, with them to understand, but, um, it's okay to even say, I don't know what to say. I mean, I think, yeah, I think the people that helpful. said that to us, it was like, well, I don't either. So that's, that's good. <laughs> Neither of us do. Let's just sit. So yeah. When, when your friend loses someone, um, close to them, it isn't, it isn't your time to explain to them just how you were helped necessarily through mm-hmm. uh, your grief. And let me tell you my story of how I, I, you know, particularly lost someone too. Right. Um, you know, you can certainly reference it, but it isn't your time to go into detail, um, as is probably not going to be helpful because every grief is different and, uh, and yet they have in common this deep brokenness and deep loss. And that's how you can empathize with Mm -hmm. them well, without telling your entire story for 90% of the time you're with them and then be like, Oh, I hope you have a good rest of the day. Right. Right. 
Um, I think another big one is in just kind of the whole section of showing up. I think if you can go to the visitation, um, Mm, that's that's extremely meaningful. Um, The funeral is also meaningful. Um, So if you can go to both, that's best. But if you um, can go to the visitation, that's usually the time that you'll be able to, you know, give them a hug um, and actually see them face to face. Um, But it, it is definitely meaningful when you... Um, see just a large number of people show up for the funeral as well. So, and then if you can't go, don't give the reason why. That's another one. Nothing will seem yeah like a good enough reason to miss. So, if you see someone after the funeral and you weren't able to attend, um, it's okay to say, "I'm so sorry, I wasn't able to be there." But nine times out of ten, I don't know if people are keeping track of who's there or not. So, I just wouldn't say anything. I don't. It's not comforting to know why you weren't at the at the funeral yeah. or visitation. Yeah, because whatever they're going through in this deep loss is not going to compare to a previous commitment you already had right. that you right. really couldn't get out of or however that is. I I would also echo that and just say, if you had to pick between the two, it's probably visitation. Mm-hmm. Um, that's mm-hmm. the one you want to carve out some more uh, time for because that is... Uh, and oftentimes you have to wait in a long, long line and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that's but very encouraging for the grieving people. Yeah. You see people on the day of the <clears throat> funeral that you love. You just don't have the same kind of time with them and the same kind of space to talk or, you know, connect. And in lots of cases, you don't even get to say hi. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think that's a great one. Let's transition into what to do. So the, that was, you know, okay. the first thing was kind of showing up. The second one is do something, right? So yeah. Think of something that needs to be done versus asking, you know, is there anything I can do or what should I, what can I do to help you or do you need anything? Um, That just puts more burden on the grieving person and they probably don't even know what would be helpful. So let's think through some practical things. I mean, I think everybody thinks of providing a meal, which is definitely helpful. Um, But I would say even think outside of the box with that. I mean, a freezer meal that they can eat when they're ready or fresh fruit instead of cakes. Um, You know, paper towels, paper plates, um, coffee, gift cards. Um, If you don't like to cook or you don't like to bake, then maybe you could be the one to kind of organize the meal train and line other people up to make the food. Um, We also had people just drop off a bunch of drinks um, and just kind of thinking that that would be nice when guests are stopping by. And that was super helpful to have things for you know snacks and drinks for um family and friends that were flying in from out of town yeah we even had uh you know paper plates and paper cups and napkins mm-hmm. dropped off mm-hmm. um which we never would have thought of no. um which was super toilet helpful paper like paper said, towels yeah, yeah. people who uh, come in from out of town and people you know on on that uh, type of thing it's just it's really nice not to have to worry about dishes and just mm-hmm. you know throw them away and go yeah i think um also thinking outside of the box of just food and meals, um, things that are just, um, oh, like self-care kind of things almost, like a, um, a latte from Starbucks that you just leave on the porch and you just text and say there's a, there's a coffee treat for you on the porch. Um, or I, we had a friend from um, Michigan send me a pair of really soft, expensive pajamas. That was really um, thoughtful. Or just a soft throw blanket that you just leave on the front porch. Or a piece of jewelry that you find that seems like a tender um, gift or a thoughtful quote. Um, I remember 
my friend Paige just writing out a bunch of God's promises on index cards that I put all over the house. So think outside of the box. Food is definitely a a really big help, Um, usually not for the grieving people, but for everybody around them. Um, But there are a lot of other thoughtful things that you can drop off um, and gift to them that would be a real big blessing. Yeah, I think, you know, instead of asking them, let me know when I can mow your lawn for you, um, to just showing up and doing it. It Mm -hmm. looks long. It doesn't matter if it just got cut yesterday. (laughs) Um, Just just show up and do stuff like that. we had somebody show up with cleaning supplies and mm-hmm. a couple of weeks in, you know, a lot of people had been in and out of the house. They didn't, you know, it was like, they didn't even ask, can we uh, clean? They just, you know, yeah. spent an hour doing toilets and some of the uh, thankless stuff. Yeah. And it was just, it yep. just, um, just do instead of ask, I think is the big, yeah. you know, category here. Yeah. Water plants, bring up their mail. Um, just whatever you, you think that you do on a regular basis at your home, um, that you think needs to be done, just go, go and do it. And then just send them a text. You know, I watered all your plants. Um, I mowed your lawn or whatever. Um, the other idea is, you know, pay for stuff. It's, it is expensive, um, when somebody dies. And so, you know, um, gift cards, maybe babysitting money. Um, we had a couple people gift us a getaway, one to Okaboji and one to actually the Bahamas. I mean, those were so, it was just really meaningful to have um, those weekends gifted to us that we wouldn't have taken for ourselves otherwise. Um, a lot of people want to start some sort of a memorial fund. That's a meaningful gift if you want to donate some money um, as a memorial um, you know, as far as gifts with books, um, the first book that I usually recommend um, is The One Year Book of Hope by Nancy Guthrie. That's a great first gift, um, whether somebody is a reader or not a reader, um, a Christian, not a Christian. Um, it's a great resource. Every morning there's a devotional um, having to do with grief and sorrow and loss and difficult circumstances. Um, so that's usually the first book that I recommend people give. Um, anything else you can think of in regards to just what, what is helpful to be done? Uh, well, yeah. the other thing I thought of was Jimmy Nolan um, when he made the slideshow for us. Oh, yeah. That was a huge just gift. downloaded a bunch um, of Facebook pictures from yeah. you and yeah. stuff that we had given him to uh, scan in and yeah. he did it. So, I mean, maybe you have kind of a creative side and you can think of something that you can do to help with the funeral Um, We had friends offer to go pick out funeral clothes for um, Turner. That was super helpful. Ladies from church providing food, um, you know, after the funeral. Um, Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's great. A couple other ones. I think, you know, one of the main things you can do for them is just to to continue to think of them in prayer. Pray for them. um, Let them know you're, you know, praying for them. This isn't something that really we can do a good job of healing one another. This is something that, um, you know, God in the way that he loves us and loves through us to those that are hurting, um, man, that's just, that's just best done in, in uh, prayer. Um, I, I think, uh, practically too, just think of their sphere of where you can help. So, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, for instance, us with our kids, um, you know, after uh, Jackson died, it was really, it was really a blessing when people would just come pick up the other three kids mm-hmm. and do something with them, mm-hmm. or think of things to in, 
encourage them with. It wasn't just about us losing our son. It was specifically reaching out to those that we love that also experience this deep, deep hurt uh, and this deep pain. Um, other people were reached out to and that blessed us. So they yeah. weren't reaching out to us directly. Um, and think about think about who you can reach in that you know sphere as well i think that's a huge one don't forget don't forget the kids um don't forget the people kind of that also loved the person who lost um yeah and then i think also invite them to do things like you said the kids but um i will never forget when when our friends jerry and katie invited us to go sailboating um I just couldn't even believe that they invited us to go do something because grieving families can feel scary. I mean, they probably will cry or maybe they'll even laugh and that feels weird too. So it's just, um, it means a lot if you think of something that you can invite a grieving family to go do. They may say no. Um, you may have to invite them three, four, five, six, seven times, but, um, reaching out, inviting them to do something with you, um, is also really special. I think in a in a big picture item, I think as you um, think about their their life, you know, you're not trying to give them one thing on the day of that all this happens. You're you're really trying to think about how I can come alongside and and uh, help. And I think you know your main continued message with them is just lean into the grief and don't rush this. Don't bury it. Don't try to go through this grief faster. And mm-hmm. you're just you're just kind of watching them and helping them. Are they trying to lean into the grief? It's ugly, but it's normal. And it's it's a normal process that's gonna take a long time depending upon uh what what the loss is. And so I think if you can kind of, you know, frame it like that, that you're mm-hmm you're going to continue to remind them not to rush through this. You're going to continue to remind them that what they feel, even though it feels odd, is totally normal. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just such a big, big help, you know, for us. Um, mm-hmm. Pain doesn't always go away, uh, you know, quick. Mm-hmm. And um, I think you're watching their life as you live life with them Um if they're overworking, if their hours are starting to change or they're underworking, right? Mm-hmm. Or they're they're changing their food habits or drink and alcohol habits. I mean, it, it, these are things that you're you're really trying to help them when they lean into it. It's about um, helping them get through this over the long haul. And if they short circuit it, it's gonna it's gonna damage. Um, and Mm -hmm. it's, it's, uh, super tough. And so, um, so I think that's a, that's a helpful way for me to kind of see this framed up is that you're really, um, trying to protect them from this bitterness that may creep in or the despondency and giving up. And you're going to see that in various parts of their lives over the months ahead. And that's really kind of what you're honed in on. Yeah. And to really help them lean and and um, and call this, you know, normal with them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that and what you're getting at and the best way to do that is just by living life with them entering in. It's not by criticizing how they're grieving or telling them they're not doing it right or they're coping in ways yeah. that you don't think are appropriate or whatever. It's more of just, yeah, like you said, being in this for the long haul, observing, following their lead, encouraging them when you see them making progress and when you feel like they're stuck or really struggling to just come a little closer and um, and pray together with them and point them to truth. And 
Um, you know, as far as scripture goes to, it is, of course, the number one thing we can point people to is God's word and truth and the hope of yeah. eternity and all of those um, very hopeful um things that we can we can read about heaven and um, what's next and but I would say that initially the most helpful passages of scripture will probably be um, passages of lament um, things that remind us that God hears us that he knows us that he um, has wept himself um, that he is a refuge that he our tears matter to him I think those are the most helpful um things to to point them to in scripture at the beginning um not necessarily god working all things together for good or god's got some great things he's going to do through this hard this hard um circumstance those are those are true but at the beginning um finding comfort in scripture um is super super helpful yeah i think that's great and i think it can be very practical for you to just use your calendar in ways to stay um, tight with them. Yeah, that's as a huge they grieve, one. Right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> set, set reminders on your phone, like sit down and just think about dates are sometimes hard and can be hard. So in putting yourself in their shoes, is Mother's Day going to be extra tough or Father's Day? Or what are some triggers during the course of the year? Just book them on your you know calendar now. If it's someone super close to you, you know, it it's it's probably just it's always gonna be on the forefront of their mind. Mm -hmm. And you setting a reminder on your phone every three days to just check in and make sure you're staying tight with them because you're gonna be thinking about a ton of other stuff. Um that just means so much when when people just regularly and faithfully, you know, got in my face literally every day. Mm -hmm. Um and and sometimes it was someone new every day. Um, but I just, I did feel really cared for and really taken care of and really listened to. And there was so many people that had to just been putting stuff on their phones just to make sure they don't get busy and, um, not think about where I'm at on this. Yeah. I think at the very least, you know, their death day, their birthday, yeah, mother's day, father's day, the holidays. Um, but then it's also extremely kind um when people think about um other events that may be hard i remember my my friend kim um texting me when her daughter was having or her son was having his senior pictures and just recognizing that we weren't gonna get to do that with jackson or my friend jackie you know messaging me yeah, on that's, that's graduation great. day and just saying i'm so sorry jackson isn't walking in graduation today or you know new year's eve was particularly hard for us that first year and we didn't expect that so just kind of thinking like what dates this year are going to possibly be hard and and like you said put them on your calendar right away when you're thinking about it yeah, that's great. I I do want to go back to also what you meant on what you said about um, helping them lament, getting them into the Psalms, getting them into, um, you know, there is real word, words written down on paper that are super helpful and give you a category of mm -hmm. how to think, how to, how to pray, how to uh, process this. And it's not that everything's going to turn out good someday. That's that's not what Psalm 13, for instance, um, says. And there, and the the book of Psalms is loaded with language mm -hmm. for, you yeah. know, us pilgrims, if you will, to learn how to um, really lean into this grief and and feel the brokenness that just hit us, and yeah. not try to rush 
rush, you know, through it. So yeah, just sending a verse from the Psalms. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you said prayer too. I think that that is something that we um, can overlook in the midst of trying to be busy helping people. Um, I think it's one thing to hope that people are remembering you in, in prayer, but it's another thing to know and to have somebody tell you and text you and, or even just the prayer emoji, just have somebody send, you know, just having somebody send that or just a simple heart emoji. Just those things are really meaningful to, to be reminded. Yes, people are praying for me. They are remembering me. Yeah, I think that um, I I think that you could consider taking this job on you of, man, I don't know if my friend or family member really knows how to lament, and this certainly hurt hurt me. Um, but man, I think now's as good a time as any to just become a, a student of it. Mm-hmm. Just learn, you know. We've we've mentioned Mark Vrogep's book, Dark Clouds and Deep Mercy. It's probably not a gift necessarily for them. It's probably a gift for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and just understand what it uh, means. My uh, favorite quote you know, from that is, lament is a prayer in pain that leads to trust. You know, this is, God, I know you're not mean. And I know today it feels like it. I, I know you are my good father. Um, and now what am I supposed to do with this? And mm-hmm. how am I supposed to help my friend? And how am I you know, helping them learn the language of lament and, and these raw prayers, um, that are written down from us for, from centuries ago, Mm -hmm. um, super helpful ways for us to process through with them. Yeah. And you're right. That's a great tip, which is just get to know grief and lament yourself. You will be a better friend, a better help, a better comfort. If you spend time doing the hard work of learning about lament, about grief, about sorrow, um, you know, one of the things that our friends Tom and Cindy did with us was they asked, you know, what's a resource, what's a book that's really helpful to you right oh, yeah. now? And they went and got the book themselves and read it along with us. I mean, that meant so much that to know that they wanted to learn what we were learning. They wanted to read what we were reading. And then when we did get together, it was we had something to talk about. We could share what we were learning um, about grief. That was super helpful. Yeah, this, you know, if if you haven't had that deep season of loss and grief, it, it it is it is coming. And the more you can be prepared ahead of time or even help process through some griefs that you've already walked through, um, be a student now, you know, today mm-hmm. of what it is like to process with the saints of old how to make sense of this broken world and find hope and peace in the goodness of God and in his, you know, promises right, right from his word. Yeah. One more thought on the dates. I think it's also important to remember that the days leading up to these harder dates days will yeah, be will be pretty brutal. I, I don't think a lot of people knew that. We didn't know that. Of course, you know, June 3rd is always going to be hard for us, but those first couple years even the end of May, there yeah. started. There was just this started looming cloud yeah. of just, oh no, June third is approaching. So, um, touching bases with with them even before the date and the days leading up to it is is really helpful. And then when they get through a hard date, when they get through Mother's Day or Father's Day, to just send them a text saying you made it through a really tough day, or I'm proud of you for getting through this first anniversary. You know, just encouragement to them that um, that they have made it through these harder days. Um, a couple of bigger ideas. If you, um, if you feel like, you know, wow, that I, I want to do something a little bit on the bigger end. I mean, 
wow, we were just super blessed to have one of Jackson's very best friends and um, organize just a huge community-wide 5K run um, for a number of years after the accident. And that was so meaningful. I mean, not just for us, but for him and for the whole community. Um, you know, the death of these three boys affected so many people. So Alex putting together the Jackson 5K, I mean, it got the community together. It gave us opportunity to grieve together reminded us as a family that we were surrounded by love and support. And and then, you know, it also provided money for us to pour back into the community in really special ways. So yeah. that was just kind of a really big out-of-the-box way for the Rolfs family to really um, help and encourage us. The baseball team, the cross-country team, um, they also had JB stickers made and put them on their um, uniforms and that was extremely meaningful to us but also helped the other kids on his teams um, to kind of process it and remember him and work through their grief as well yeah I think I, I think that was super helpful and um, I also highlight you know people like Alex then just came over and sat with us ahead of time and said this is what I'm thinking of doing mm-hmm and kind of walking us through his vision instead of us just opening up the paper and being like, oh, it looks like there's a Jackson 5K run on next Saturday. Um, you know, he he spent a lot of time thinking through this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that whole part made, it meant so much to us. But then for him to come and sit and make sure we were good with it and uh, do you want to speak at all ahead of time and just kind of let it morph each year and let it, um, kind of grow as well, but it wasn't something that he had totally cooked up. Um, mm-hmm. but then after he picked our brain, then he executed on it and it just, he, he followed all the way through. And, and I just, I just do think things like that are, are uh, super helpful. Yeah. And it didn't add at all to our burden. We just had to show up. I mean, he covered it all. It was really special. Um, so I want to wrap up. I want to just talk um, about just a couple more things that might come to your mind, Eric. Um, you know, I would say that um, as the years go on, um, keep reminding them that you're praying for them. Um, you know, offer to help with things like thank yous, um, addressing the envelopes, um, you know, keep in, inviting them to things, even if they've told you no countless times, be patient, be in it for the long haul, um, keep sending scripture, um, Another idea that I wrote down was just sit by them. When you see them places and out and about um, community events or church, um, sit by them. Um, Share pictures. That was another one. Some of Jackson's friends, you know, have stopped by with pictures from the band trip or, you know, when people are putting together slideshows for their graduations or weddings and they stumble upon one that Jackson was in, sending that our way. That's super meaningful to see a picture we haven't seen before. Yeah. Um, Social media is another way to support people. It can feel really weird to like a post about grief, but it is a significant way to enter into somebody's pain. And then I would also say over time, you know, keep looking for signs of healing and give positive encouragement. I mean, I remember when people started noticing that we were opening our blinds more. We left, we had them shut for weeks. We were just, yeah, just, yeah, probably months even. Yeah. Open them and let the sunshine in. And remember a couple of people saying, I've noticed your, your blinds have been open lately, or I noticed you have a Christmas tree up. Um, I saw it shining through the window and good job for, you know, getting the tree up. So just, you know, you feel seen in your efforts and 
encouraged in your progress when when people reach out over the years and say, man, you guys are you're plugging along, you're you're doing great. Um, a phrase we really like is moving forward. We didn't really like moving on. I don't think a lot of grieving grieving people do. So encouragement as they move forward and progress in their grief is super helpful. Yeah, I, I also think it's it's uh, super helpful too just to tell this family how you remember them and keeping their name current. Mm-hmm. Uh, we think of Jackson all the time and somebody coming to us and just be like, hey, I was just thinking about Jackson the other day and we did this and uh, this meant a lot or remember when we did this or, and just, or what, what, when or what it would have been like to have Jackson do this, um, just to hear his name, um, yeah, it goes a long way. Yeah. You're never going to remind somebody that their loved one died. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, they will not forget. So no matter how much time has passed, it's still okay to let them know you remember. I mean, my sister passed away 48 years ago and my dad still wanted to talk about it when that time rolled around um, again this year. Um, It's never too late also to, you know, to, if you, so say maybe you didn't reach out after their loved one died or, um, you know, now and now you run into them two, three years down the road, it's still okay to mention something. It's still okay to say you're sorry about their loss or that you imagine these last couple of years have been really hard. Um, I think it's actually a blessing because less people will, will be bringing it up as the years go on. So if you run into somebody a couple of years after they went through something hard, it's still okay to bring it up. Yeah, I think that's great. I think you mentioned, uh, you know, scripture, I, I do love words. I do love words in, you know, general. And I think that, you know, we had Cindy send us hymns and mm-hmm. uh, quotes out helpful. of hymns. Yeah. And um, if you have a love for words, you have a love for hymns. Uh, there's some pretty powerful laments written. Um, and just getting a text with that, mm-hmm. uh, super helpful. Yeah. And then I think, you know, when you kind of sense they're ready or if they're asking you for um, any good books, um, we continue to say that really anything Nancy Guthrie has written on grief is helpful. Um, Our top books that have been helpful are um, Hearing Jesus Speak Into Your Sorrow. Yeah, that one's particularly powerful. Uh I've read parts of that numbers of times. I just love that. Holding On to Hope is another one. Um, When Your Family Loses a Loved One. So those are great ones if you want to gift somebody a book about grief that you um, think would be helpful for them. Um, Tim Keller has a great one on suffering as well. So um, I would say resources um, like books and podcasts are probably at least months down the road for the most part, other than that um, one-year book of hope. Um, But um, yeah, those are some good resources. And like Eric said, praying for them um, is really a huge way that you can bless and encourage them and letting them know that you are praying for them yeah anything else that you can think of that is my list i'm okay. sure we could talk a long more yeah. times on this yeah but. well i mean it's it's some good ideas to get people yeah. started at least and you know although we've tried to help you <laughs> come up with some ideas i just want to encourage you to to pray about it ask the lord to lead you and to guide you and Um, The Holy Spirit will prompt you and God will open doors and provide opportunities for you. And we can trust his leading in that. And we don't have to reach out to every single person that um, has something hard happen to them. But you will you will feel led and called um, to minister and reach out to certain people. Some of it could be proximity. It could be a neighbor or a family member. Um, But yeah, it's it's just 
it's such a blessing and an encouragement for a grieving person when somebody has the courage and and the bravery to reach out and enter in and say, I see you in your hurt. I see you in your pain. I am committed to walk with you. I will be praying for you. And then to have kind of in the back of your mind, a list of things that you will be doing to help them practically. Thank you so much for listening today. If you were helped or encouraged by this episode, please share it with others. I would also love for you to find me on social media. You can connect with me and others who are listening on my Fighting for Joy podcast page on either Facebook or Instagram. You can also send me an email at fightingforjoypodcast at gmail.com. Podcasts have been such a lifeline for me in grief and one of the top ways that my soul is recharged and encouraged on a weekly basis. I truly hope that this podcast will do the same for you. Keep fighting for joy.